Welcome to Dub Nation, the official show of the Utah Warriors of Major League Rugby. I am Jerem Jordan alongside Banksy, and we've got a new head coach. Greg Cooper is a new coach of the Utah Warriors. Today is a great day. We're at Zions Bank Stadium celebrating that, and uh, we finally know who the guy is. You want to talk about incredible news for Dub Nation, a guy with this kind of pedigree as a former All Black, as a coach at the Highlanders, Stade Francais in Japan, uh, with the uh, dynamic boars, the dinobores, I think they call them. Yes. Uh, you know, it's an incredible pedigree that coach brings, but an incredible work ethic too. So an incredible hire for this entire organization. You got to love dinobores. You just have to. Uh, we're on the Utah Warriors Facebook, Twitter, YouTube account. Subscribe to the podcast version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Here's what's on the show today. Who is Greg Cooper? Banksy told you a little bit. We'll tell you a little more in a sec. We're going to talk to the new head coach as well, the former All Black. Warriors with the Eagles, all MLR teams, Warriors with the USA U-20s, and we'll talk to Brandon Sparks, the general manager of the Utah Warriors, about this hire, a little bit about the Major League Rugby draft as well. Okay, let's talk about it. Who is Greg Cooper? 57-year-old Kiwi, played fullback for the All Blacks, played for the Blues, who's coached in New Zealand for the Highlanders, as you mentioned, in Paris, in uh, Japan, and now he becomes the fourth head coach of the Utah Warriors. Brandon Sparks, uh, we're going to talk to him later about this, but he didn't... Uh, think this was real when his resume was sent over by his agent like he's got so much experience Kimball Kerr uh, mentioned that he's the most experienced coach in Major League Rugby now this feels like a home run what do you think when you get somebody that's played and coached with some absolute legends of the game you know eight caps for the All Blacks uh, played under Lori Maines played under Sir Brian Lahore you know when you talk about a club with the the profile that Stade Francais has you know, he played in that transitional phase from amateur to professional. So he has all of the experience to be able to captain a ship like the Utah Warriors that's weathering the storm and growing pains that Major League Rugby is going to have going into its sixth season. And he said uh, he didn't he didn't want to come here and just dictate what's happening. He wants to learn as well. But he certainly could if he wanted to because he's got experience. Um, and in Japan, it wasn't the top flight initially. He was in the second division, helped them get to the first division. This is an opportunity that, that he said was a great fit for him as well. And we'll talk to Greg Cooper coming up. But it just seems like the right guy for the right time. And that matters. Obviously, we need games to be played. But initially, it's like, this feels like a fantastic hire because this team was on the cusp last year despite being 5-11. and 11. When you want somebody that's going to say all the things out of the box that you want to hear from a head coach, right? I'm here to learn. I'm here to make adjustments. I'm not here to wipe the slate clean. This team isn't broken. It just needs to be adjusted, not fixed, with a core group of players. And that understated Kiwi sensibility that a lot of New Zealanders have. You know, He's from the South Island, uh, down at Invercargill, blue collar guy from you know a family that is just rooted in tradition and history in the game of rugby all over the country so a a special man for a special time for sure where do you think his focus uh needs to be initially and sort of what's next i think really for him out of the box it's just going to be analysis you know when you when you look at a chessboard you know what is each individual piece's job how are they performing at that job and how can i help them improve at that and if they can't live up to the expectations then what's next do we have to remove them and replace them who's available to bring in you know so really there's there's a lot of uh, soul searching and analysis that has to go on for what's next for a lot of these different moving pieces. Okay, coming up, we'll talk to the new head coach Greg Cooper. We'll also talk to Brandon Sparks, and we'll talk about USA and Chile. Hey, didn't go like we wanted, but there's still a chance to make the World Cup. We'll tell you about that uh, coming up in a bit. But 
hey, new head coach, now's the time to get the tickets for next year. Look, Dub Nation, if you're ready, 2023 season tickets are available now, all right? Get your kit, get your season tickets, get your seats all staked out because 2023 is going to be an absolute blockbuster. Don't miss it. Go to warriorsrugby.com or call the number and get your season tickets for the 2023 Major League Rugby season to see your Utah Warriors in action. We now welcome to Dub Nation for the first time, the first of many visits, Greg Cooper, the new head coach of the Utah Warriors. Welcome to the program. Great to have you. Thank you. Thank you. What have the last weeks, months been like as this process has gone through to finally be named the head coach of the Warriors? Oh, I think it's, it's been uh, quite a thorough process, to be honest. And I think, I think the, the, the good thing about that is it's, it's given me an opportunity to understand a lot more about the Warriors, understand a lot about Utah as well. And I think obviously the, the, um, the, the local people understanding me in terms of the decision makers understanding me. So arriving at this point, it's, it's been thorough, but, uh, but certainly yeah, it's been an enjoyable process. So you wrap up your contract in Japan. You're trying to think about what's next. Where and how does Utah get on your radar at all? Uh, look, I, I think, good question, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the thing about it is, you know, I have, you know, coached in New Zealand and I've coached in France and I've coached in Japan a lot. And, and I, I was at that point where I was thinking, you know, I actually need another challenge. And the the idea of the MLR and the development in the MLR and obviously the, the Rugby World Cup is, is really a catalyst or certainly is a catalyst for me. Um, and, and looking at looking at organizations, MLR teams in, in, in America, this team here to me, oh, I think it's a sleeping giant. I really do believe that. I, I think the results uh, probably you know, no, didn't reflect the ability in this team. Uh, and, and I think there is a great opportunity. And on top of that, you know, under reading about it, understanding it, Utah's a cool place. So don't tell anybody, secret will get you out. Don't tell the California. <laughs> no, it's seriously <laughs> like, you know, it's yeah, obviously growing up in New Zealand, you know about Utah, you know, you watch television, you know about it, but it's when you start under, you know, try to understand a little bit more about it. You're like, this is, yeah, this, this is cool. Okay, so on the field, you've mentioned in the press conference and, and other places, hey, this team wasn't far from being really good. Just, And then the World Cup, you said, influenced you. So you feel like you can come into a situation that's a sleeping giant and that, that this team isn't that far away from great success? Yeah, I, I, hopefully I'm reflecting back on that <laughs> as a fact. But no, 100%, I, I do. I think this team is very, very close. I think the... The quality of the individuals as players is, is high. I think the character is really strong. Um, I, I think there's a lot of courage in this side. Uh, and, and I just think, and I'm, I, I believe, and I have to believe in myself here, I, I'm going to come here and, and utilize the experience that I've got. But first and foremost, understand. You know, I've got to really understand the people. I've got to understand the coaching. Uh, and then I've got to say, right, what can I do to add value here? So I'm not coming in here saying, hey, look, we're changing everything here. I'm coming, let's learn, let's me understand, then see what I can do. And with that said, uh, you mentioned in the press conference as well, I come with experience. Mm. Um, where will that manifest itself the most, you think, in your impact on this team? Oh, I, I think probably a couple, really. I, I think the organizational planning skills that I've been able to develop over the years. Because I think when you plan well, you execute well. So you can't, it doesn't come the other way. You don't execute first, you plan. So getting the planning right, getting the planning of the of, of the people, uh, and I'm talking like the coaching staff and you know helping with the performance staff. So getting the planning right first. Because once you've got a plan, once you've got a blueprint, 
and everyone believes in that plan and their blueprint. You move forward. Um, yes, you make mistakes along the way, but you know, so long as the blueprint is strong, then it's a correction. It's not, you know, it's not a change of direction. So the direction will be going, we'll be going the same direction, but we might be making corrections along the way. So that's the first and foremost, but obviously the practical side of it in terms of the rugby coaching. You know, I've done a lot of coaching and, and, and a lot of, you know, attack coach, defense coach, contact coach, you know, kicking coach. You know, so I've done a lot of that. So, you know, I'm hoping to add that value there as well. So you mentioned some of the players. I got a chance to talk to some of the boys who are really excited about someone of your caliber coming in. How much interaction have you had with uh, the guys on the squad who are still in town, and what's their reaction been like? Not not a uh, not a huge amount yet, and and, and uh, obviously you know Lance was there, Paul was there, uh, you know, and and I've spoken with Lance on the phone. Um, I had some nice messages from some of the players as well. Um, I had an introduction to the players. Um, late last week, I think it was, where we just had a Zoom call. Uh, but no, I'm going to make a point of, you know, there's a number I want to talk to going forward. Uh, but uh, I, I enjoy that, you know, just getting to know them uh, and, and making sure they get to know me as well. So I just need to know them as people first. I sort of understand them a lot as rugby players because I've actually been looking at their games. So I understand them as rugby players. I just want to understand them more as people. And then once I can, once they, once they know me, once I know them, uh, then we can focus more on the rugby. How much of the viewing of those games was to see if you wanted to come here at all versus, no, I want to go there. Now I'm assessing what uh, we need to work on. Yeah, no, I looked at it and it got me straight away. I thought, oh, mm. this team's good. This, this team's actually a good team. There were moments of, uh, of excellence. There was moments where there was a lapse, um, but I, I saw that. Uh, that's not entirely, you know, the, hey, definitely coming here. I obviously needed to speak with other people in the organisation and that got me as well. There's a really strong, there's a really strong structure and foundations off the field here. And that's important because, you know, we are talking five years now going into the sixth year of the ML, MLR. And I'm surprised. I was surprised here at how organised they were off the field. So that got me. But the, the rugby, I saw the rugby and I saw potential. Because you know, look, I'm not afraid to take up a challenge, uh, and, and you know, but I saw this is a there's a lot of good work already being done. So coming from some of that off-field adjustment, obviously your playing time, you played a lot of fullback. Um, by the way, shouts out Otago Rugby, highest point scorer in the history of the provincial rugby, right for Otago. We took a lot of kicks then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we took a lot of kicks. There was a lot of penalties. It was really slow. It was really slow. I just, I just said shots of golf. <laughs> I remember watching those days. I love that old school brand of rugby. But coming from your playing days and then to be able to almost get that master class under someone like Laurie Maines, yep. who has that pedigree that he had with the national team in New Zealand, and then developing your own style, how much has that influenced you from that kind of old school way of doing things to a very modern game and the way that we approach the almost sports science of rugby now, yeah, rather yeah. than just you know putting your boots on and I, playing I, the game. It's actually really good. <laughs> I, I, there's sports science, there's the art, and there's the science, and I think that's the beauty about rugby coaching. And going back to you know a guy like Laurie Maines, obviously coached by him, coached with him as well in the Highlanders. Um, you know some other great coaches. My first All Black coach was uh, Sir, Sir Brian Lahore. Um, most, possibly not the most technical coach, but incredible leader. So so and John Hart. John Hart was probably ahead of his time, and you know so there's been some great coaches that I've had and coaches that I've coached with. So I'm who I am and I've got to be who I am, but I've got to use all those experiences and get a bit. I've never really had, I would say I've never had a mentor. I've had lots of people I've looked at and taken bits and pieces of. And, and the other thing about it is rugby is changing. 
So while it changes, I've got to change with it. Um, you know, I've got to understand the new age player. Uh, but there are some negotiable, non-negotiables in rugby, and but there's also a lot of give. So while there'll be some things in rugby that's non-negotiable, there's a lot of give as well. And, and that's, I think, that's part of me growing with the rugby environment. How quickly do you feel like you have to flesh out the assistant coaches and the staff uh, to support you? Oh, look, there's, there's some really strong uh, coaching uh, coaches here now. And it's, it's for me, it's, um, you know, I'm meeting with uh, Sean tomorrow, uh, meeting with Robbie next week, and I've already been in discussions with them. Uh, oh, look, the staff here, are, the staff here are really high qualified staff. So um, my job is not to go in there and say, right, we're doing this, we're changing it. No, I'm not doing that. I, 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 the core, the core of coaching group and et cetera, and that, that, that's solid. So it's more about saying, okay, now how can I help grow them uh, and how can I fit in with them? So I'm very much, yeah, it's a, it's a sharing of ideas. Uh, ultimately, I have to make the final call and I happily do that, um, but I also need to understand. I've got some valuable information out of listening to coaches in the past. So how was it received when you told the family that you were moving to America to coach rugby? Uh, how was rugby received Everywhere else, you know, because it's a new sport to us here and it's yep. always been kind of America, the sleeping giant, yep. right? Yeah. Oh, look, I'm excited. Really, really excited because it is a, uh, you know, you talk about sleeping giant, you know, and, and that's, a, that's a term that's been used out there all the time. Look, I, I think the giant's awakening. And, and for me, you know, my part of my responsibility, and I see it as a responsibility, is to ensure that there's a uh, there's an upward path now, and uh, no, the, the absolutely you know the the family, the immediate family, the greater family, the friends who you know I've had discussions with, they've all said, oh, you know, what a what a great opportunity. Hey, and you've got a spot up in the mountains for them to come visit. I mean, this is a good spot for <laughs> them to come see, right? I have skied very very badly. <laughs> my uh, my son is a very good skier. Uh, well, actually, my kids, mother, they're all they're all good skiers. Well. Well, let's say good, a lot better than I am. So, no, it is. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It, it sort of reminds me a little bit of, of central Otago back in New Zealand in the Queenstown area where you've got the mountains, the ski fields, and there's lakes there as well. And obviously it's on a grander scale here, but it is. Yeah, it is beautiful. There's no white bait here, though, unfortunately. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the fancy backs yeah, that you the, mentioned. Mikey Teo and Mika Kruse, yeah. certainly contracts have to be figured out for yes. certain guys. But two years ago, these guys were incredible. Mm. Uh, last year wasn't quite as dynamic. Um, how do the fancy backs get used the most effectively in your style of coaching? I'm not going to live that down, am I? <laughs> <laughs> I like the phrase. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Like no, well, I've, yeah, that's, we've always been, all the, the forwards have always called us backs, the fancy backs. <laughs> so, uh, oh, look, I think the important thing is, you know, rugby is about doing the basics right, um, making it simple. Um, simple becomes exciting. You know, complicated becomes confusing. So if we do it, if we do the simple things right, um, and we do it di in a dynamic way, um, then the fancy backs they they come into play. But it's not just that. You know, we've got to actually provide the weaponry for them as well. They've got the natural weaponry. You know, there's some great athletes you mentioned, some great athletes there. Um, but uh, you know, the game strategy, game plan, and the game and the development of skills uh, that comes into play. But you don't go and develop the skills and the strategy and that, and don't actually do the work up front first. We've got to do the work up front. I should have said Joe Mano first, probably. Seven tries and seven Yeah, games. I mean, look, look, he's, 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 he's
Joe doing this year was uh, was exceptional. Yeah. When you talk about you know seven games that were decided by a converted try or less yeah. for this team, you know that's got to be exciting as a coach, knowing that subtle shifts in momentum and energy and focus yeah. really change the outcome of this season. So, what's one thing right now that you can say that's absolutely a positive for this team, and what's something that you would like to see changed pretty early on in your tenure here as the Utah Warriors? Yeah, coach? I think I think, um, I think the. I think the um, the obvious one to me is there's courage in this side. There is real courage, and it was a difficult season, but there was a lot of courage shown at the end. And, and I think for me, um, you know, courage is not something you can buy and sell. You know, and, and I think this team has courage, and and I think I think this team enjoys the fight. Um, I think the one thing I'd like to see is you've just hit the nail on the head. Those close games. Uh, how do we how do we win those cl- close games? And as I go back to keeping it simple, um, keeping it easy to understand, and making sure we're in that fight for you know so that we're not going away from the fight. We're staying in that fight, and that takes away it takes away a lot of the pressure when you when you're keeping it simple. I would hope that we can. I believe we will turn those close games into close wins. And I think I mentioned in the press conference here, close win, you know, those close wins become, you get confident. Once you get confidence, you get momentum. Momentum, you know, once we get that, that's when we start going places. This place is pretty special in terms of the reaction to the community. You talked about that as well. Uh, eight of the top 10 crowds in the league were from here. Yeah. What does it mean to you to come to a place where there's already a strong rugby presence that you can continue to tap in at a higher level? Uh, that, that's, that is really exciting because I think you've just mentioned there, rugby, you know, is relatively new and the sleeping giants and that, but it's not like that here. You know, it's different here. So that's that's the exciting thing. I, I, look, I, I'm I'm hoping that, you know, and when this team, when we start getting that, that real growth in, in, in the success, um, then, you know, the players feel really good about it on the being on the street, you know, wearing, wearing this gear and, and, and people recognize them and, and the community feel good about it. So it's not just a team and a community, it's a community which is the team. So that's the exciting thing. The, 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 the teams that have this great feel about it is about community. And, and I believe we're already got a head start here. Just, just grow on it. So let's reach out into that pathway program then. We mentioned already somebody yeah. like Joe Mano. We see guys like Saya Uhila, yeah. Tomasi Tonga, who have all come up already through the pathway program. What's the next step that you see with your experience, obviously, from New Zealand and that club atmosphere that you and I kind of talked about off yep. camera, that very familiar community? Yep. How do you grow that now in that pathway system to keep our community tight yep. and know, and let those players know they have a home here and they have a real place to grow and continue to excel as rugby yeah, players? Well, well, first of all, the systems need to be in place for that. I'll just I'll answer it in a different way. You know, the shop window, the Utah Warriors, we've got to get it right. You know, we've got to make it aspirational. You know, we've got to, the, the, these young ones have got to see that and say, this is damn, this is pretty cool. And, and we want to be there. So let's get that shop window right. Let's make sure we have, you know, we are successful at that end. But in the meantime, we've got to be doing the work at the other end as well. Because, you know, there's no point in making it aspirational, but there's no pathway. So we've got to work on that pathway at the youth, at that youth level. So, you know, I know there's some good work being done there. Uh, you know, we are going to continue to, to increase that work there. But I see it as a responsibility to make those young ones look up to the Warriors and say, I actually want to be there. Because once you get that that hunger, then you'll work a bit harder so long as there's a pathway. What do the next couple of months look like as you try and finish the staff, yep. finish the roster, eventually we'll have the kits and the schedule and so on? 
Yeah, I, I think a lot of that is about um, uh, well scheduling in terms of. You know, I go back to that planning there before. You know, if we get that plan right and everyone understands, you know, this is what we're doing in uh, in this month, this month, this month. There's a lot of planning going up. Um, uh, in terms of the the game planning, in terms we want to do. So understanding what is our what does our attack look like? What is our development and our attack? What does our defence look like? All of the development of those, those areas there, our set piece. How do we how do we bring that in? Um, and and how do we deliver that? So there's to me it's a lot of planning. Um, so that for me it's when day one when the players arrive, they are pretty clear on what's going on. It's not I, I call it an orientation day. So it'll be a Warriors orientation day that we arrive on day one. These players will know what the game plan probably looks like already um, in a broad sense. And so we don't start we don't start on day one. We start well before that. So the planning is going to be crucial. I know a big part of that's got to be your relationship with Brandon Sparks and uh, and what he brings to the table from that organizational standpoint. How's that relationship been with Sparksy? And, and obviously started with the contract negotiations yep. and getting you here. Now, what does that relationship look like as you guys go forward where he's been such an integral part of yep. kind of holding everything together yep. in the interim? Yeah, I've, I've been involved with a lot of general managers in, 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 in the past and, and Brandon's been exceptional uh, right from day one. It was, um, you know, we, we had our, our discussion and then it goes to the next discussion that but it made it very clear and, and and, and and how what he was looking for and and it probably allowed me the opportunity to actually just be myself because you know I didn't want to present anything other than who I am and you know I wanted to be here and there was a pathway in our discussions and there was a there was an openness in there I knew that it was a big search and I knew that I didn't have the job um, but I knew that I could be myself and that's the only way I wanted it to be so uh, and then since then um, it's it's been you know we've been working really really closely together so so going forward I'm, I'm really excited about that because um, you know my job I, I see a big responsibility out there from what I do, and, and I'm a part of it. Um, I'm, a, I'm at the coalface, and, uh, and and people like Brandon, I have a responsibility to Brandon, I have a responsibility to Kimball, I have a responsibility to the, all of the organisation, I have a responsibility to the fans, the players. So I feel as though there's a responsibility, but it's easy to have a responsibility when you feel good about the people you're working with. Brandon said that uh, he made a list of 16 things he wanted to check off, and you checked off 14. I'm really on top of that. kind of messed up there, too, unchecked, <laughs> right? That, I'm not, I don't know if you should have said that. Because all, all I'm doing is focusing on the other two at the moment. I don't You're know like, what they what are. What are they? Yeah. Is they not tall enough? Or they, yeah, what know. happened? I don't know. I don't know what they are. I'm I don't enough. know that he'll ever tell us either. Well, he won't, unfortunately. Well, we'll ask him in a minute. Yeah. Uh, I, he'll tell us. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was fun. Well, and, and and let's get. Do you go by Coops? Yeah, is that a, is that I, I a thing? do. What would you I, like? I do. No, no, no. I've, I've always been Coops. So in fact, I think every my kids are everyone's Coops. So uh, my brother's Coops. I've been in rooms where there's been a Coops, and there's about three heads have turned around. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, I'm Coops. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we appreciate your time. We're gonna chat a ton. Uh, this was the first of many, and uh, we're very excited to have you. Thanks for joining Thank the show. You. Yeah, no, really, really pleased to be here. Excited. Looking forward to getting into it. The end-of-year merch is on sale now. Go to shop.warriorsrugby.com. Get the home kit. Get the away kit. Get the special edition Cottonwood Canyon jersey kit. It's all available now to make sure you look as good as you can to support Dub Nation in the four stripes, in the red and black, at Zions Bank Stadium for the 2023 Major League Rugby season. So shop online now and get huge discounts on end-of-year merchandise.
We now welcome into Dub Nation the general manager of the Utah Warriors, Brandon Sparks. Brandon, congratulations on hiring a new head coach. I'm sure there was a that was a big process to get the right guy in the right fit. Yeah, it was about a, a four minute, four month long process, but uh, yeah, we nailed it down and we got the right guy for the job. So talk about getting Coop's resume, and <laughs> and you've told me this story yeah. off camera, and it's so funny. The reactions that you get when someone like this becomes available, you've got to tell the story to Doug. Yeah, I, I mean, first off, like the quality of coaching to, coaches that we're getting with the resumes was quite impressive. Um, it was probably through the hiring cycle for the MLR, the, the highest caliber coaching um, seen any, at any time in the five-year history. Uh, but I've, I've known kind of about Greg on the peripherals as a coach. And when the agent sent me the resume, I kind of, pause for a second and I just texted back, you meant to send this to me, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and he was like, you know, he was like, yeah, of course I did. And I was like, oh yeah, totally. I, yeah, I totally knew that. And so that kind of, that kind of kickstarted the, the whole process. But yeah, like I said, for, for a caliber of coach like him with the experience that he offers, uh, you know, he, he's going to bring a lot of value, not just to the MLR and the Utah Warriors, but, but to the rugby community as a whole, because he gets the vision of what we're trying to do here with the developmental focus mindset. And he seems like he has it dialed in. Obviously, he's watched matches. He mm -hmm. understands what happened last season in terms of how close this team was, mm -hmm. some of the differences. Um, he's, he's been pretty impressive to know he knows what this team's about. Yeah. Like he, when we started the interview process, he, he knew the structure. He knew who Kimball was. He knew who Nick was. He knew the key players. And did he know who you were? He did know okay, who I was. Well, he had good. to. He had to, he yeah. had to at least, he ignored the first two emails, but he made it. <laughs> he eventually figured out who I was. Um, but yeah, like he, he knew the spine of the team. But then as the season went along, we, we communicated a little bit more frequently. Um, it, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like an interviewing process. It was just like, you know, two guys that like rugby and being like, oh, did you see that? Yeah. How about this? So yeah, he, he, he did his homework. Um, the nice thing too, is that like, he's pretty analytically focused, but, but more excitingly, he, he wants to be more involved with that and push the boundaries of like what we're trying to do here as an organization. So yeah, he's a, he's a great fit and he's going to be a welcome addition here. Was there a point where you knew that Coops was the guy over the other candidates? Uh, yeah, as it kind of got down to it, as it got down to it and we were talking about the challenges of the MLR, um, you know, things with sometimes more established coaches, they, they can kind of view America as either like a stepping stone or an opportunity to kind of go there and, and, you know, maybe coast into the sunset type of thing where that definitely wasn't the case with him. He, he saw the value of what this league could be wanted to be a part of the story of the Utah Warriors uh, and, and the MLR. And, you know, he he just bought in. Like, you could see that he really bought in and, like, had, didn't didn't just, you know, give us, like, a, a you know, a token. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. That's that's exactly what we do. He was, he was in all the way and had a plan and added to the plans that we had. And it just improved everything by, like, 10%. 10%'s a good chunk. Yeah. 1% would do, right? Yeah. 1%'s yeah. massive. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, uh, you mentioned this list of 16. Mm -hmm. You checked 14 of the 16. What were the other two, Brandon? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, I'm fairly certain I could beat him in a foot race, so that was one thing. <laughs> foot speed was okay. Uh, and believe it or not, I'm not sure that he would be able to handle the pressure of the scrum in the hooker position. So those were the... Those <laughs> there you go. As a former fullback. Yeah, uh, it's fair. Yes, yeah, okay. yeah, Completely yeah, fair yeah. assessment. If yeah. you've never played in the front row, it's yeah. a tough thing to manage. No, like the, the, two, the two were pretty <laughs> trivial. The two were pretty trivial. And it was just, it was only the, the two that were put on there to keep it a round number because I was a little uncomfortable with an uh, odd number. So it was more about your OCD. <laughs> it was more about my <laughs> Yeah, to do you got the draft you've got the roster you've got the staff what's kind of priority number one right now now that you have the head coach uh with the head coach it's it's kind of continuing the audit of the roster and what we want to do uh the nice thing is a lot of the pieces will be returning uh and we're actually further ahead than we ever have been in the years that i've been here with re-signings and signings um we've added a couple of pretty big pieces that will be exciting to debut during our uh, roster a roster reveal show uh, near the end of the year. It's a big you know, show for it us. It is. A little it's teaser. A little yeah. teaser. So I'll put it's that nice. in the calendar. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's just kind of figuring that out. Really, at this point, it's going to be up to me to run to kind of run interference and clear obstacles out of the way for, for uh, you know, Greg, Robbie, and Sean to make sure they're as successful as possible. Now you kind of allude to that, saying those three names together. Mm. Is that something that they're working for and keeping as many of these pieces in place as we can? Did you kind of leak a little uh, yeah. little tea there? Yeah, I mean, it, let's, let's be honest. I believe that Sean, I believe that Sean is uh, uh, an international caliber coach. I believe that Robbie is an international caliber coach as well, too. That was one of the big things for me was I felt the guts of this team, like it was there. The core was there. The coaches, I believe, were there. Um, you know, they need maybe a little bit more development, a little bit more refinement to, to make them as successful as I believe that they can be. And through the interviewing process, it was it was as close to a non-negotiable as, as I am comfortable saying that those two be included in the future plans of the Utah Warriors, mm. you know, because I, I, I have a lot of belief in all of them. I believe that, you know, in a few years, if they don't become head coaches here, uh, they'll go on to be head coaches somewhere else. And then, you know, within the next 15 to 20 years, we'll see them at the international stage doing some pretty exciting and innovative things uh, when it relates to the game of rugby. And anybody that watched the back half of the Warriors season knows that's a fact. Those guys were absolute mm -hmm. legends in the way that they uh, led this team. Yes, very true. I'm thinking of Austin and ATL and the LA game minus the cards. And, yeah. yeah which, which was hilarious <laughs> yeah. that Greg was like, yep, yeah, there were cards yeah. in that game. Yeah. Guys, I thought it was in my safe space. I thought it was in my safe space. <laughs> <laughs> are we going to bring up trigger? No names shall be mentioned. <laughs> yeah. at this the, the Major League Rugby draft is August 18th, uh, a mm -hmm. little, little less than a month away. What else uh, in terms of preparation do, do you and the staff need to do to be ready for that, to try and find the next crop? Because you started two of the three picks. 
several games yeah. last season. Yeah, all three picks played this year yeah. as well as uh, Elijah Hayes finally got his first cap as well too. Um, as I alluded to in the, in the press conference, you know, we learned some tough lessons in year one with how, with how to handle a draft process. Uh, we refined that in year two, you know, but there were still some weaknesses there that we've kind of improved on. You know, credit needs to be given to Nick Colling. Like he went out there and, and, you know, we had a discussion one night in the Buffalo Wild Wings and Nowhereville, uh, St. Charles, Missouri. It's a lovely place. Uh, but well, I got to throw Lindenwood. Other, I wasn't throwing, I didn't that. throw Lindenwood. I just said that it was, you know, it's, it's a great place. If anybody's <laughs> ever been to St. Charles, Missouri, you know, <laughs> speaking the truth, all right? Yeah, yeah. They, there's a great barbecue shop there. Uh, but, yeah, like, you know, with the CRS, it gave us unprecedented access to these players. And we learned a lot of things that I don't believe a combine format would allow for. Mm. Uh, we got to see who, how they operated as professionals. We got to see how they operated as players, what the readiness looked like. You know, there was guys like Nate Curtis, who I know you guys interviewed. You know, he went in there as essentially a nobody and left there with a lot of interest and generated a lot of interest for himself. You know, Devin Rivett, who was the wing uh, on the Canyons, uh, you know, he was immediately invited into the sevens camp. So, like, that, that grouping of players inside that CRS you know, has allowed us to be way ahead of what we thought we would be right now with the with the talent recruitment leading up to the draft. You know, and then the other thing with the draft too is like we want to future proof the team. Um, you know, we don't want to force these guys into becoming starters and contributing immediately and right away. We want to give them kind of a growth plan. Um, you know, it'd be great if we do get an out of the box player that's ready to go. But if we're honest, from the collegiate level to the MOR, that gap is only growing year by year with the talent as it relates to talent. So we're going to bring some P guys in that in the next two to three years, you'll start to see come stalwarts. You know, if we're, if we're honest, there's likely going to be a, a fairly big turnover inside the league starting this year. But then as we finish up in the World Cup next year, uh, it'll be even greater. So, you know, again, I said it in the press conference, we never want to rebuild. We want to reload. And it starts with this draft class right now. Well, exciting times. You got the coach. Now you're working on the assistants, which you, uh, you know, keyed us into that process and then the draft. So. Thanks for the time and best of luck yeah, uh, the next guys. couple of weeks. Yeah, thank you. Experience what everyone is talking about. The nonstop, action-packed, and fan-favorite sport of Utah. Warriors Rugby. Experience Utah's most exciting professional sport with group nights and single game and season tickets available. Renew your season tickets for the 2023 season now with eight games starting as low as $99. Visit warriorsrugby.com for details. All right, let's talk about the Utah Warriors with the USA Eagles. Both Paul Mullen and Angus McClellan uh, were on both the games in Santiago and in Glendale, Colorado. The United States won two weeks ago by a single point in a deluge in Santiago. So all they needed to do was win by any amount in Glendale. Unfortunately, Chile wins by two and gets the uh, Rugby World Cup bid there. Uh, bid not not done. Op- that opportunity isn't done for the U.S., but disappointing result, but our guys played pretty well. Both tied head props from the Warriors, but now the Eagles have some work to do. There's a lot of work to do if you're a uh, Eagles fan and you want to see this team, which of course we want to see this team uh, make the World Cup. Now they have to qualify in the last chance reap change tournament, which I think they will do when you look at the quality of the competition that they have and the Portugal, Kenya, and then Tonga or Hong Kong. They got to play it out. The time now that this team has been together to continue to build on that chemistry, we saw a lot of really good things work for this team. Obviously, having Gus and Paul in there at tight head prop. 
really great for Dub Nation to see. We've been saying it here all along that these are easily the best two tight head props in the country that are available. Great to see them both get selected. But, you know, there's a lot of work to do to tighten up and correct some of the little mistakes, control the things that you can control, and then go into this last chance qualifier with a bit of momentum and confidence. Got to win that tournament in November to make the Rugby World Cup. So best of luck to the Eagles. I'm sure we'll be watching and, and informing what's going on as we lead up to that. Major League Rugby came out with the all MLR teams. Just one warrior on them. I felt like maybe there'd be a couple more. Lance Williams is the blindside flanker, the best one in the league, as determined by the league. Considering he played six games at number eight, to get the nod <laughs> at blindside flanker really is a credit to how well he played and how far he's come as a rugby player, you know, mentally and athletically. He just keeps making incredible play after incredible play for Dub Nation. He's a fantastic fan favorite and a part of the community here in Utah. So all the credit in the world goes to Lance and his work ethic for that nomination. Five tries in his fifth season, uh, had over a thousand meters, uh, running 173 tackles. It was an awesome year for Lance Williams. So congrats to Lance. Uh, USA U-20s went to Amsterdam. There was some Utah Warriors involvement there. Ali Khalifi, uh, one of the loose head props for the Warriors and uh, assistant. He was an assistant coach on that team, obviously, with Slex as a coach as well here. Uh, Sake Tukuafu, who's been on the show. He was awesome. He was on that team. And Caden uh, Siddle are both in the pipeline for the Warriors. And they won uh, all three games they played over there. And a fantastic building block. When we talk about the pipeline and specifically the, the pipeline that we have here in Utah when we want to be the epicenter of rugby in America, to see these quality players and now coaches with the development of Ali Khalifi behind the clipboard, hey. you know, in, incredible things in our future now here for the Utah Warriors and not just the players in the pipeline, but the development of that brain trust that can continue to give back to the club. We didn't realize it was a coaching pathway as well. We were thinking just player, but yeah, coaching pathway. Okay, let's look ahead at what's going on with Major League Rugby and the Warriors. August 18th, as we mentioned a couple of times here, the MLR draft. That's going to be really important for this team because the Warriors, I think more than most teams in MLR, value getting young talent, developing them, giving them a chance. We saw Emerson Pryor and Connor Burns and Joey Backey play a lot. In particular, the first two I mentioned, who started a ton. It's not, and, and Brandon Sparks mentioned to us as well, we'd prefer if they don't have to and we can develop them. Elijah Hayes being a good example of that, kind of two-year lead-up to this next season. This is a big deal for the Warriors, who have done a nice job of evaluating talent. Well, and I think it's a really a different approach than what a lot of NFL teams, for example, would use going into the draft, where you evaluate your needs and then say who's the best player available. Right now, with the talent gap between the level of rugby being played in college as opposed to the level of rugby being played in MLR, you have to look to see who's going to have the best tools to help them progress to the next level. Not necessarily who the most dynamic players at those positions are right now. And then, like Elijah Hayes, who has a huge upside, who was given the two years not only just to change physically, but to develop, to learn, and understand the systems that he's playing in. And clearly, it's working for the Utah Warriors. Absolutely. He's going to be a beast. Can't wait to watch him more in a Warriors jersey. So assistant coaches still need to be figured out, as we talked about, although Brennan Sparks essentially told us they really want Sean Davies and Robbie Abel to come back, which is a bit of a surprise, by the way. The new, typically, the new head coach has his guys, but they really want those two who did a nice job uh, at the end of the season in coaching this group. I would love for those two to come back. Well, I think that's just a credit to their quality and the job that they did, right? I mean, the connection between Robbie Abel and playing with the New Zealand Maori and and Koopy with his connection to rugby in New Zealand, there's got to be a level of respect and understanding between what they're trying to develop. And then 
what Sean Davies has been able to do with this backline play and developing the nines that we've had that, you know, when you talk about guys like Michael Basco, when you talk about Niall Saunders through this last year and all of the other players that continue to rise and shine under his coaching, that's a guy you want to keep in your system. 100%. If you're like, hey, can we keep the scrum half who started for the U.S. in the World Cup on the step? Yes is the answer. <laughs> a guy who's played in this league and obviously a guy beloved in the community from his days at BYU. Okay, uh, and then new player signings. Um, you know, that'll be later in the year. But there's some exciting times ahead for the Utah Warriors, and uh, it kicked off with the, uh, the hiring of new head coach Greg Cooper. So that will do it for us. Thanks for joining us on this uh, remote edition of Dub Nation at Zions Bank Stadium. Uh, for Coach Greg Cooper and General Manager uh, Brandon Sparks and Banksy and myself and Mason and Hunter and Billy and our whole production staff, that'll do it for us. Go Warriors!